Hello and welcome to A Better Father. So today's podcast it was going to be inspired by a Pivot Podcast with Scott Galloway and uh, Kara Swisher because he ended it on Tuesday talking about how there's a new study that finds you cannot love your children too much. And I was like, that's great. I want to talk about that. I want to get on my podcast and just say, hey, look at this. Look at this information. And it made me feel good. Uh, He didn't reference where it came from. He just said a new study finds. And I wanted to be a responsible podcaster. So I went to look it up and see if I could find where the article was at to talk about it so I could reference it, post it in the comments, and then wax poetic about it a little bit. And so I Google new study finds you cannot love your children too much. And the first hit was (laughs) loving your children too much can have a negative impact. And just on and on, there were some articles that did say it. There were some articles that, you know, countered it. None of them seem legit articles. All of them were kind of opinion pieces. Uh, Immediately, the Google dates went from 2014. I actually had to put in 2023 as a date in there to try to, like, see if I could find this article that he was talking about. And one, that just goes to show that anybody has an opinion. Anybody can kind of put on these stats or statistics or whatever they want to make you feel good, which I think is a theme of at least the last 5, 10, 15 years of... We believe what we want to believe. We can find information to back what we want to back. I could have found one of the articles that did say that and then got on here and talked about it like, oh, look at this study or whatever, which is kind of what Scott did. So now I'm curious to know where he got that information from and how he puts it out. And it's also a a, a find that uh, some of this stuff doesn't seem bad. Some of it like, oh, yeah, of course, like love your kid. You can't love them too much. And I did a quick skim of like one of the articles and stuff. And it was just like, it's how you define love, how you get into the nuances of it. And it's like, well, you know, if you're loving your kids too much and you're not, you know, helping push them or teach them or let them be on their own or challenging themselves. So now it's like, what is love? How are you defining love? Like tough love, good love, bad love, Uh, you know, the love of letting go, the love of letting them find independence, the love of buying them the supplies they need to do the thing they want to do, the love of supporting them, the love of making sex. So it's just this whole thing of on and on and on. And I just found it funny. And I actually was like, oh, well, I guess I can't talk about that. But I think it's kind of important to point out and show that people are saying things and then they just make blanket statements. And if it registers, then you jump on it and you're like, oh, that's great. And again, as I referenced my dad a lot, I was talking to him about something with the war in Ukraine and America and how we're spending these billions and stuff. And somebody's like, hey, this money is getting, you know, taken at borders and blah, 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 blah. And it's not all going to the Ukraines. Oh, you're just listening to the right wing media. You just sound like Tar- uh, Tucker Carlson, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> your media is telling you one thing. And I don't listen to that. Nor I actually heard it on like one of the podcasts I listen to, which tends to be, you know, middle of the ground left leaning and it's just like so you're not going to get through that's just like no because you made this comment you are obviously getting bad information because it's counter to me and so i'm going to dig into this a little bit more because i am curious if there is a really good study out there and you know it comes from harvard or stanford or some swedish college or a college in australia or something where it's like no this is the study we did this is why we believe this. This is where we show, you know, you can never love your children too much. This is, you know, the the concepts around it of 
loving your children is defined as stepping back and letting them fail, letting them explore. Like, what what are you defining these things as? And I think that's a good perimeter to start with is how are you defining love? If you're just like sitting on the couch snuggling your kid 24-7, like probably not beneficial. It's love and you're with them and you're there and you're close, but you got to get out. You got to move. So anyway, I thought that was kind of funny of myself that I was so excited to come on here and talk and be inspired by somebody whose podcast I like, who just made a blanket statement without saying where it came from or backing it up at all. And it's just like, this is how we get into these problems. This is how we get into this trouble as not having critical thinking, not taking that pause break to to kind of figure out where this information is coming from. So that is the start of today's podcast. The second thing I wanted to talk about is I've missed a couple of weeks and I missed a couple weeks because of focusing on my daughter. And that's not an excuse. That's poor planning on my part is that I'm not finding the rhythm that I want to find to do this thing that I really like, this thing where it helps me get all these thoughts I have out of my head and put them out into the universe and think about them more or, again, take a pause break to, like, oh, I want to talk about this thing, but before I do, let me see, like, where this information is coming from and then it helps me take a step back and really process what it is I'm trying to accomplish or or why this information or where it came from so I can like actually be like this is concrete information or at least somebody did the work so I could then process it better or differently. And anyway, so I haven't found that rhythm of when to do this, how to do this, how to find that balance. And it's been four years now of doing this podcast and I'm still trying to find that rhythm. So Um, And I say that only because, one, that's why I missed a couple of weeks, and two, the importance of planning, creating goals, um, setting up a structure of wanting to do your creativity or your art or whatever it is you're trying to do, because it's not going to just happen magically. You're not going to do something, create something, make something, be involved with something if you're not putting forth those first steps. And... As kind of a personal aspect to that is I've had a friend who's been trying to get me to go to this dance class for years now, and I just don't. And I don't know why. Like, I put things in my head about all these, like, it seems like a lot of, like, 70, 80-year-old women. And so I start putting these judgments on it instead of just the concept of getting out, instead of just stepping out of my comfort zone or my bounds or whatever it is. And just doing this thing. And maybe it could be great. Maybe it won't be great. Maybe I'll go and be like, whoa, like, what did I do? But this week, as she was saying, hey, Friday's another dance class. And I'm putting all of these negative things in my head, all of these reasons not to do these, all of the, I guess I feel like somehow I'm going to be embarrassed or shamed or whatever. So I create all of these scenarios and I don't go. And so I texted her yesterday because she sent a message to me Monday. Hey, dance class this Friday. Am I taking you? Are we going? And again, she's and I've told her, like, just keep asking me like and to her credit, she has, even though I've turned her down. I don't even know many, many times, tens of tens of times, if not like a hundred ish or so at this point, because she has been very adamant to try to get me out. So I was thinking about all the reasons not to go to this dance class Friday, yet once again, all the reasons that it's just, it's going to be embarrassing, it's going to be weird, it's going to be blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, what else am I doing on Friday? 
Mm, nothing. So, or, you know, going to a coffee shop and reading or trying to work on a book or write or whatever, which, you know, admirable things, but also like in this bubble that's been created for the last literally 10 years since I ended up in the situation I was in 10 years ago. So I texted her and said, absolutely 100% do not let me bail. And I won't like bore you with exactly how I said it, but I was like, break into my home, put a bag over my head, drag me out, kicking and screaming, make me go. And she's like, well, I don't want to force you. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, get me out of the house. Do not let me bail because I don't know. And I am literally years now, been not doing this thing, which I don't even know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what it's going to be, but one, I won't be in the house alone on a Friday, or I won't be at a coffee shop alone on a Friday, or I could have a good time, or I couldn't. I just don't know. And I was just like, please, whatever I say or do on Friday, even I say I absolutely do not want to go, I changed my mind, do not show up at my house and say, no, you're going. And I think one, kudos to her for being such a friend that she's like, no, we're doing this. Like, get off your ass, we're going. But to to have these thoughts permeate and keep you stuck and being able to try to identify them, which has been something I've been working on for a very, very long time of creating this rabbit hole of, of scenarios that don't allow me to move forward. And the way I kind of think about this as a father is, what do I tell my daughter? Like, hey, dad, what do you do on a Friday? Like, yeah, during COVID, it was like great of like, oh, this is what I do to stay safe. I don't have to do that anymore. And now those things are no longer an excuse to not do, to not move forward, to not try to get out of the comfort zone. I, I just texted a friend this yesterday. I hate this town that I'm in. I hate the choices I made that could have been different or I could have said something else or I could have forced things in a different way. I don't know if force is the right word, but like as we were figuring this out, when it was found out that there was a child on the way, the choices I would have made different, I think, <laughs> as of right now, I don't know, because who knows how this ends, but that would have benefited me more long-term and to find out who this person, I knew who she always was, but then to like have that verified over years. And it's like, so all of these things happen, and I just hate this town. I hate hate it so much but this is where my daughter is so this is where I will be and live in this town that I hate for now but I'm also not doing anything to not hate it and so if my daughter ends up in a situation if she gets to a point in her life you know five years 10 years 30 years from now what do I say to her like yes I hated that town I stayed because I wanted to be the best father I could be for you but I also had to take care of me. And these are the things I started to do. So what are you doing wherever you're at? And she may love it or whatever. And that's even better than what I would hope for. But if not, if she's having struggles, if she hasn't found her rhythm yet, to be like, oh, yeah, that was dad. I just sat at home alone and read and didn't try to move myself forward. So these choices have repercussions down the road. These choices have impacts down the road. And to start to move out of that shell, to start to move out of that place, not just for me, but as my role as a parent, as somebody who doesn't want to continue the status quo and then be able to honestly dig in and talk with his daughter about these things. So in line with that, as I continue to read A Care Today, uh, 
management recognition book and it's you know the 24-hour carrot manager so it's geared towards that but March 1st because I didn't read it yesterday because my daughter and I found a rhythm in the morning of it was just a great morning she was just super excited and in a great mood and had a great energy about her and it's one of those times where I you know turned left instead of right of what I normally do to be a part of what she was wanting in that moment and how she was acting and feeling said which I've done this before I've learned from my past mistakes of like let me finish my journals first let me do this let me do that things I can always do when she's not around and not here unfortunately because of the situation there's way too much time she's not and there was a period it was a short period where I was like I was so focused on trying to build this journal habit and do these things that I would tell my daughter to wait which could be five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes of time I missed in the morning with her, especially when it's our last day together. So I just say that because like, as you're doing these things, like find your priority, find what it is you want to do. And sometimes you have to like redirect your own brain to realize what can, what can I do later that I won't be able to do later now. And what I couldn't do later now is be with my daughter because of the situation. So I'm making up for it. But all that to say, so for March 1st, build, don't tear down. It's way easier to find fault than to build up. Master builders devote years to structures that can be destroyed in minutes by vandals and looters. Your people are much the same. Last part of this is use recognition liberally, liberally and your criticism sparingly. Trust and confidence are built over time and with great care. Recognition moments can help you build solid and vulnerable relationships. Take care to reserve sharp comments and criticisms for one-on-one -on -one meetings. Recognition is public, criticism is private. And I cannot tell you how many times I hear parents just berating their kids in public, yelling at them, shaking them, grabbing them, telling them how they're bad, how they're wrong. And you can just see these kids shrink. You just see them like, <laughs> like we, we went through this phase of like, everybody gets a medal. And I think we did overcorrect in a certain way, but I think the intentions were good. The point was good. It's just, you're not giving specific recognition if everybody gets a medal. And I won't rabbit hole on that too much, but Yes, that works for management for your employees, but it also works for your kids. And you have to build this over time and slowly and give them that recognition and find it specific and find those things that you can point out and talk about in a constructive way, which I do with my daughter all the time when she shows me her art. I'm like, oh, that's really great. I like how you did it. And then I kind of like, what are you doing with the lakes here? What's going on here? And try to ask specific questions where she says, oh, I'm trying to improve. And oh, I get that. I see what you're doing there. And look at where you've improved. And I get like, you're now progressing and noticing the things that you can do better. Or you're learning from a friend who does things better. And it's just that building piece that's slowly built over time. Because as she gets older, as we have to let our kids go with high school and college and, you know, life, having a solid structure of confidence recognition and something that we have worked at we have 18 years theoretically to the point that they like legally move out from both situations she's currently in to like have this impact of making building their confidence and letting them know like when somebody says something negative that's not you that's them so giving this recognition and building it up over time because as I just read like it's easy for somebody to tear down it's easy for somebody to come in and try to break something or wreck something or 
say cruel things or be mean or whatever it is. And we have these moments to, or only so many moments or so many years or so much time to have a positive influence on this person. Now, I'm going to end this. <clears throat> I'm going to end this with uh, last night, my daughter did her second day of karate since we signed her back up. And so Monday was her first day. Last night, Wednesday was her second day. And I'm recording this Thursday morning, by the way. Um, and I sat down next to her and I'm not going to, uh, maybe later I'll talk about this dynamic I'm noticing between when she's with me for a couple of days, when she's with her mom for like five minutes and the difference in changes. But I sat down and I asked her how choir was, which is something she does immediately after school on Wednesdays. And she just shook her head no and whatever. And I was just like, that's crappy. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to make like this isn't the time to like tell me what went wrong. Why did choir suck? I was like, oh, that sucks. All right, moving on. And then I it stuck with me and I thought about that and I thought about that. And I was like, what else could I have asked her? And with my previous situation of living with the not me person and being around her family, they didn't care about me. They didn't care to know me. They didn't give a shit about anything other than themselves and their interests and whatever. And I'm not saying that to like go down a rabbit hole, but when I would show up, there was so much just crappy surface level angst and and just, oh, like this just is not for me. This situation, like you go somewhere and you're like watching a baseball game and you're just like, oh, I just don't like baseball. Like this is horrible. I don't want to be here, but then you can't leave. You're forced to be there for like all nine innings, eight innings, however many baseball is. Um, impressive, I even know they're called innings. But you're just stuck here. And they would just like, every time I showed up at her house after we drove there, how was the drive? How was the traffic? And I would just be like, we're here. Like, just, you don't care so much about me that the only thing you can ask is how the traffic was driving here after I haven't seen you for three, four months. And it just sucked. And so, and so, sorry, this like computer just jumped up with like, use your iPhone. But anyway, so it just sucked. And it was just like, every time I knew I would show up there and there'd just be these surface level, not even surface level, just such benign, crappy questions that it would actually be frustrating. And I would try to like, like traffic was great. Yeah, like get me out of this which is, you know, a huge warning sign that you don't want to be in this situation with any of these people. But I say that only because I'm sitting there with my daughter and I was like, what else could I have asked? I know this person better than anybody else. I am in tune with and pay attention to and try to support this person that if I want to ask a question, I know better questions to ask than these stupid surface level questions. And there was nothing wrong with asking how choir was because she loves choir and usually it's good. And I can only imagine whatever happened with probably not even to do with choir, but the not me person where something went off the rails. So you're in this moment and then you're just stuck there because you didn't, you let this moment impact whatever. And there were so many better things I could have asked her, so many other things I could have used to engage her that if one thing goes down, what's the next? And I just let this like kind of like thing spiral and, you know, I don't like being around this other person. And so all these things come into play where I, I missed an opportunity to have a moment of engagement with my daughter. And so I say that to say, when you know somebody, when you care about somebody, 
you have better questions, you have better comments, you have better conversation pieces with them and for them. So when you're picking up your kids and, oh, how was the school day? Like, don't do that. Do better. Like, ask specifics if you want to ask. Ask them. Tell them. Start talking about your day. Start engaging. Tell them a funny story. Something happened. Because they're going to engage better than being barraged with questions, ones they may not want to answer, ones they may not be ready to answer, and let them do that. And I'll say this, like, there was something that happened with my daughter where it was Valentine's Day. She had her first kiss recently on Valentine's Day, 2023. And it was this whole thing where you could tell, like, she wanted to say it, but she didn't. And my brain was just on fire with, what are you not telling me? And it's like it's starting to, like, go down these rabbit holes of, I think maybe you had your first kiss and stuff. And I didn't want to say anything because she wasn't ready to talk. And so I just kind of kept a conversation going. I just sort of like, okay, I get it. I respect it. You don't want to tell me. Let's talk about this or that. Let's, like, how did the Valentine's party go? Like, all of these other things. And then she told me. And within, like, five or ten minutes, she told me after saying, I can't tell you, I can't tell you. Okay, I respect that. Like, you have your life. And because I didn't barrage her, because I didn't, like, say, hey, I'm your dad and I can tell someone, like, I just talked. And then she told me. And that's what I think is important to take away from this. And ask questions that are important to them, not just the bs questions of, how was your day? Like, what happened to school today? Like, no, that's that sucks. Most likely she didn't have a great day at school or she just got through it till she could get out or the moments that were highlights for her was recess or something that happened in the lunch table. But if you just ask questions that shoot them down or don't engage them, then you're not going to get anything out of it. Anyway, that was a lot. This is the reason I should find the better rhythm to make sure I'm doing this weekly because all of these things start to like grow and and bloom and sprout out. So Hopefully that had some impact. Hopefully I gave you some food for thought, which is 90% of what I try to do is just give things or ideas that spark something in you that help you or inspire you or connect with you to like, oh, let me take this down. Like Scott Galloway saying, hey, do this. Or, hey, I read this report. And I'm just like, that's amazing. I'm going to talk about that. And I can't find that report. At least not I assume the one he was talking about since uh, he said this report just came out. So, all right. Thank you very much for listening to A Better Father. Thank you for being here with me today. Goodbye.